0: It's another episode of the Ranting Cats. I'm Frank R. Curry. Ranting Ron is here with us this week, and our guest is David Shapiro. He is from BlueseatBlogs.com, and you know what that means? It means we're talking a lot of Rangers this episode. So, Dave, first off, welcome to the show. Now, thank you guys for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah. So we'll talk a little. We'll talk a lot about the Rangers and their off and their off season, their season they had, uh, making the conference finals and being really two wins away from the Stanley Cup, which. I don't think I don't think a lot of fans really saw that comment, especially when it was like, what, three or four years ago, the the ownership sent the letter saying, hey, we're rebuilding now. It's going to be a little while before we really are are a Stanley Cup contender again. And then a few years later, here they are, two wins away from making the cup. Um, But we're also going to talk about free agency and everything. Um, I got to I got to bring this up, guys, before we really get started. I'm not a mind reader and. I'm not, I cannot predict the lottery because people were asking me that last week, last week, Wednesday and Thursday, um, Ron, you <laughs> saw it, Dave. I don't know if you saw it, but right before free agency started yeah. I at 11 a.m. So an hour before uh, everything, everything got going. I sent out a tweet saying, I think the Sabres should do this. And it was sign Ilya Labushkin and sign Eric Comrie. And what did they do? They did they both. signed them both. So people thought I was a, I was like some kind of, you know, wizard or something. Can for that you give day. me winning lottery numbers? Because I could really use that. I, As I said, I can't predict winning lottery numbers. Trust me, if I could, I'd be a millionaire right now. Okay, How come plan no four- B, can
1: you buy a lottery ticket
0: for me and <laughs> just like send it to me? Right. I Hit could buy line, you man. a lottery ticket, but I can't <laughs> guarantee it's going to win.
2: Yeah. You know, I tell you, you never see in the newspaper fortune teller wins lottery. Why yeah. is that? You know, it's. I always said. I, I, I always said. said
0: weirds going on. Yeah, I always really said,
2: point. if I ever won the lottery, no one around me will ever be poor. I promise. I'm <laughs> moving to the richest neighborhood there is. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, I, I yeah, I mean. <laughs> so we could talk. So we we'll are talk a little bit about free agency. You know, it's been almost a week now since it's started, and we saw the big fish Johnny Gaudreau go to Columbus, which shocked everybody it seemed like um as i said i i literally predict i basically predicted the sabers were gonna sign labushkin and comry which it was more so based on where were the, where was the value in free agency because i just did not think they were gonna land any big names or anything i mean you and I, you guys can both agree you know the sabers aren't in aren't an air team that's gonna that you can land where you can attract a big fish right now, maybe in the future, who knows? But I just felt that Eric Comrie, he had a really good season for Winnipeg. Um, really? He matched. He kind of was just as good as Connor Hellebuck was. I think there was a little bit, a di- little bit of difference in the numbers.
2: Numbers um, of the games for sure. I mean, well, besides uh, the
0: sample size, I mean, I'm talking like actually in the numbers. Cause I'm, I got the numbers up right now. He, 921 save percentage in all situations for Comrie. Hellebuck was 910, but Hellebuck's uh, goals goals saved above expected was uh, 13.59, while Comrie's was 9.89. So you just see, you know, just, and that's most, but that's mostly because Winnipeg's defense is so bad. I mean, just, they're just a bad defensive team. And, but at 5v5, Comrie had a 936 uh, save percentage and Hellebuck had a 9.19 and an 11.24 goals saved above expected, while Hellebuck had a 8.53. So right away, that just tells right away the numbers just tell me Hellebuck is a better goalie than Comrie is when the team is shorthanded. So that's something that's an interest. So that's always going to be an interesting uh, facet to talk about for the Sabres with Comrie is like how is he going to handle when the team is shorthanded? because you still got to make saves even if even if you allow a goal, it's not your fault. But you still got to try to at least make the saves you you can make. Um, Libushkin always just felt like a value signing because he's going to bring a physical element to the defense, which is which is something that they're going to need. Um, he's going to bring experience. He 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 was on the Leafs last season. He played. He was in the playoffs. He knows what it takes to get there. Um, right shot guy as well, and he's. I think he's a guy who is going to play on the third pair. He'll probably play with Jacob Bryson and he's hopefully he allows Bryson to kind of elevate his offensive game. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. And he's going to help bring stability in the locker room, stability on defense on the ice and everything. I don't know what you guys think about, about the two signings for the Sabres at least, uh, when, you know, after that we can at least talk more about free agency, and then with with Dave, you're on right now. We can talk more about what the Rangers have been doing so far, too. I care I more really about like the
1: goalie that signing for you guys. That was a great signing. And yeah, I'm not just, paying much for goaltending and leaves yeah. you a little room. Low risk. He's he's a
0: good goalie. He's the best goalie you guys have had in a long time. It was it was it's a low risk, high reward signing. That's why <laughs> I just felt like that was the move that they were gonna make. I felt like I felt like. Comrie was going to do one of two things. He was either going to sign with the team that he was going to be the starter for, which is the Sabres, or he was going to sign with a team who he could compete for the starting job with. The first team I thought of was the Leafs. They just traded for Matt. They really were just paid draft picks to get Matt Murray. So I felt like they were going to still try to find a guy who could challenge Murray at the very least. They ended up going with the Ilya Samsonov. But I felt like they could have easily went after Comrie if they wanted to as well, because Comrie didn't make isn't making as much as Samsonov. I think like it's only and it's only over two years as well was Samsonov signed a one year deal. It's like none of that. Re- the, the, the money in the contract really doesn't matter. It was just a matter of pick the player and Savers. I, you know, I think they got the best bang for their buck at least so far in free agency.
1: Yeah, I like what they did. I don't know much about Leibushkin, but Comrie is a solid goaltender. I honestly thought the Sabres were going to trade for Georgiev. I was going
2: to bring that up to you and ask you, is that that a move Buffalo should have done?
1: I would not have liked that at all. they
2: tried to trade him for the last four years, haven't they, Dave? That is,
1: it's such a weird gray area because Georgiev, when you look at his numbers as a starter versus a backup, his starter numbers are great. He's up there with Comrie, but he his numbers have been so downgraded by being a backup, and being a backup requires a mindset that not a lot of people have. You have to be able to keep yourself game-ready, mentally sharp, physically ready, and only play once every other week, especially when you have Shesterkin in net and you know you were the starter. Then Shesterkin came and did what he did. So it's such a tough situation, and – I happen to really like Georgiev. He's gonna do well in Colorado. I thought he'd been a good fit in Buffalo, but he landed in a good spot. And you know, Buffalo obviously got Comrie, and Georgiev has a nice. will always have a spot in my heart for knocking out Tony D'Angelo. So,
0: yeah, I'll take that uh, as a win. the one thing I guess that worries me about Georgiev is like, is is his play style gonna fit Colorado's Colorado style? I think with, but I think with the way Colorado plays, really, most goalies will be will work in that system yeah. um that's play, how how a team defense plays i think really it doesn't get talked about enough on how how that means a goalie can fit because like every goalie has their own play style i mean look at Marc andre Fleury. he's he he challenges the, the shooter he never plays the he never looks at the pass he's always i'm going after the shooter you the defenseman have to take the pass no matter what and if the and if that pass gets through for gets through for Flurry's dead. He's done. Like that's that's a goal that's going to be allowed. So I always wonder how a play style can affect can affect a goalie based on whatever team they are, based on the team defense how they're structured. Um the Sabres typically play more of a swarm kind of defense in their own end. They'll they typically have like five deep essentially almost like right like five all five of their guys will be like right around the um at highest they'll typically be like around the faceoff dots. So I wonder if how that Style is going to help, it will help, will help, or even will it hurt, uh, Comrie? And then what could have been for Georgiev as well? What
1: I would look at is where the man in front plays for the forward in front. So yeah. I'm bringing this up because of Henrik Lundquist. Lundquist was a rare breed that he didn't want his defenseman covering the guy in front, he wanted him in front of him. It's called fronting. Mm-hmm. and. Basically, it gave him a little bit more time to react. And that's why he played so deep in the net as well. Gave him that extra half a second to react. And that's how he preferred the Rangers to play. Now, you'll see with Shesterkin, it's more of a net front presence where you'll see a guy on the man in front and pushing him around. There's pros and cons to both. Mm -hmm. so it that's the piece I would look at. That's the one that impacts goaltending more than say a low zone collapse, which is what you were alluding to or, or an overload. Um, there's pros and cons to both, but most goalies prefer the net front presence as opposed to a front thing.
0: Yeah, that's not that, that, that sounds about right. Uh, so, since we're still on the topic of free agency as well, um, what did you make of the Rangers' move so far? I mean, Ryan Strom goes to Anaheim. Toronto goes to Anaheim, too. Good. And then they bring in uh, Vinny Trochik on a seven-year deal.
1: So we'll go with the guys that left. Strom, I like the guy. He revitalized his career in New York. My issue with Strom was the one-and-done nature of that Rangers' second line. And if you look at the numbers, you see they – had the highest rate of high danger chances per shot on goal, mm-hmm. but if that shot didn't go in, they were in the defensive zone for the rest of the ship. Right, they were transition rush based, and if they didn't capitalize on that one rush, they they were done for. Mm-hmm. And part of that may be Artemi Panarin. Strome was a little bit more of a passenger, deferring to Panarin as with anybody. That's the right move anyway. Yeah, but that's not the style that Galant. Wants them to play. He wants them in cycling forechecking, and that wasn't what they did. So I like Strom I wasn't overly upset when he left. Vitrano was a luxury the Rangers couldn't afford. Trocheck, I like the cap hit. I like the style of play. He's again in on the forecheck. He will be a nice compliment to Panarin. Panarin will create space for Trocheck to get to the front and get to the rebounds. If it's Kako, he'll be the board's play guy. He'll be the guy that has the overall vision, seeing the ice that plays more to his strengths as well. And Trocek's basically a second line Chris Kreider, man in front, screens and deflections, and that's what they need. And he also wins faceoffs.
0: Yeah. I like that. that. It's it's a really interesting signing just because when I look at the numbers too, I, I look at Trocek and I think, you know, he's not as offensively minded as Ryan Strom is but he's going to be better defensively for the team. And I think he's going to be more consistent as well. And I think that, and I think that that makes it an interesting fit for the Rangers and for what they want to do. I guess I just still worry about, can they generate more offense? Can they, can they stop being that one and done? And I just, and then my biggest worry then with Trocek is, does he help with that? I don't know if he does, but maybe if he's playing with Panarin, that changes.
1: He definitely does. It's the style of play. I brought up the four checking along yeah. the boards. The Rangers' period one against the Penguins in the playoffs—that was the way Galant wants them to play. Constantly in on the forecheck, disrupting passing lanes, getting the one-two-two two flowing. Where you have F one in deep, pressuring the puck carrier. You have F two around the face off that top of the circle reading the play, taking off that initial passing lane, and F3 around the top of the circle, the blue line jumping in for that secondary pass. Trocek as F1 in creates that, and then whomever is up at the blue line reading the play, be it Panarin, Kako, Vitali Kravtsov, if he still is with the Rangers by the time the season starts, they're smart enough to be able to read that and jump in, and that's how you create more offense. Panarin's gonna score. He's one of the best wingers in the game. Yep. If you can get him the puck more often, well, he only scored what twenty five goals. only scored twenty five goals last year, but he still had ninety five points. He was just, he wasn't able to put the puck in the net at even strength, and that was a yep. big issue for the Rangers. They were a goalie and a power play for most of the season, and Trocheck rounds them out. In addition to actually having forwards you know greg McKegg played 50 games for the rangers last year and it became a running joke that greg McKegg was always in the lineup and great name not a good hockey player
0: <laughs> yeah. and aaron had 22 goals last season 22 96 goals. points like that's that's absurd it's
1: aaron's more of an even split guy he's more of a 40 40 40 50 kind of a guy but to only put up 22 goals but we were convinced he was hurt all of last season but it just was the way the Rangers were playing. Now, when you have what Dryden Hunt as your second-line right winger for 60 games, you're not yeah. going to look good. So that's just how it is. Trocek rounds it out. You need Lafreniere and Kako to really step up. Yeah, they're both going to be top six. And a lot of the concerns of the Rangers are, will Lafreniere and Kako step up? Well, guess what? If they don't, uh, Who I don't want to curse or not your rebuild is screwed. So yeah. your yeah. rebuild, no matter what, is screwed if those two don't step up. So give them the chance to step up. Trocek is that nice veteran presence that will do some of the dirty work for them, open up space. Lafreniere is going to play in the top line with Kreider and Zibanejad. You have a similar uh, dichotomy of on both lines right there. So in theory – the top six is good, and you actually have a third line that can score with Hede and Kraftsov and probably Barkley Goudreau. Yep. Yeah, and a Goudreau in the third line, but it is what it is. I'm not going to lose sleep.
0: I mean, with with what they're paying him as well, it may it makes sense. And then even and then next season too, though, are they going to get Sammy Blay back as well from uh, injury? Like there were rumors he was
1: going to play in the playoffs.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. So then, like, he's on the fourth. He's going to help out the fourth line and. Uh, so Ryan Reeves as well will, will be, there will be a presence and, uh, they brought back Jillian Goldie, right? And they have Ryan Carpenter. So like the fourth line will basically be set there. It's really, yeah. It's really just a matter of can Lafreniere and Cackle and Cackle still needs a new contract as well, but they need They'll to sign they do need that. To I'm there. not worried about that. I, I and wouldn't be worried about that.
1: That fourth line. I mean, last year, the Rangers, what McKeg Reeves, who I love Ryan Reeves. He should not be an everyday player. Oh, yeah. And you you rotated in Gautier, Kevin Rooney, all these guys that are fourth liners or tweeners. And it just the line was there just to take a shift every now and then. Yeah. They they didn't play the penalty. Oh, Rooney played the penalty kill, but that was really it. And and then not Tyler Mott, too. Yeah, Tyler. Well, i I'm at the point where Mott's probably not coming back, even though there were rumors he was. But the Rangers pre-deadline and the Rangers Post-deadline, two completely different teams. Yeah. And now the Rangers going into the next season look more like post-deadline Rangers than they do pre-deadline Rangers. And thank God Greg McKegg didn't re-sign with the Rangers. I would have lost my mind. <laughs> <lines. laughs> There's a running joke. You will have you will get Greg McKegg and you will like it. And um, that was one of the guys who runs a New York Rangers shot club. Basically, mm-hmm. every time the Rangers score, you take a shot of whatever – Water, lemonade, beer, whatever. And he came up with that, and it was a brilliant slogan. So I'm glad we don't have to deal with that this I year.
0: Always, I've always <laughs> seen uh, Greg McKeg memes on, on Twitter as well, and I, I find them hilarious. I guess then the biggest question heading into next season for the Rangers, it's it's three things for me. And I'll save the biggest one for as the third one. One. What's Chris Kreider's goal output going to look like? Because I don't think he scores 50 goals again. Two hundred and seven. 107. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Two, is the power play going to continue or keep up what they did last season? And three, Shashirkin. he's Is he going to – what's his regret? He's going to regress. How, how bad is that going to be? Or can it at least be comparable to where – it doesn't really affect you, but it like you'll notice it in the numbers. But they're still gonna win, but they still can win, win games. So we'll start with Kreider. He's not putting up 50, but his style
1: of play is one where I think he shot like 20, 18 to 20 percent last year. Mm-hmm. His style of play, getting in front of the net for the deflections or rebounds. That's always going to be there. The hand-eye coordination doesn't disappear out of nowhere. Neither does that size and strength strength and speed and the instincts. What changed in his game this year was very subtle. Instead of just constantly being in front of the net, screening the goalie, looking for deflections and rebounds, he was reading the play, especially on the power play, a lot better. And you see him drift to the back door or drift back to the high slot and put himself in that position to shoot. That change this year, I don't know what clicked with him or if it was just something we just noticed this year and he was finally scoring. You combine those three, he's not going to put up 50, but he will probably put up 30 if that continues. And that's a big if, which if the power play continues to score. Losing Strom. Strom was perfect in the bumper. And the 1-3-1 bumper roll. Strom, you need a guy who, again, can read the play, can make the very subtle movements to get open for chances to do the tap passes back to either Fox Panarin or Zibanejad depending on where how the play is going Strom was perfect for that and he didn't get a lot of credit for it and the talk has been putting Panarin in that role and letting Lafreniere be that off-wing shot that the Rangers kind of need to complement Zibanejad Hmm. There are a lot – we have a college hockey coach and a guy that used to work for the Rangers and was very deep into the systems when he was there who write for the site, and they were both very adamant that Lafreniere is the better bumper player. He reads the play better. He's able to make the touch passes better than Panarin, and you need a true threat to take the eyes off of Zibanejad in the Ovechkin spot. Panarin's that threat. It doesn't matter if Panarin's not on his off wing. He will score no matter what. Mm -hmm. So if Lafreniere clicks on the power play, that's two birds, one stone. Kreider will still get his chances, and we're not going to be questioning whether or not Lafreniere is taking the next step. So that's huge. That would be, yeah. And I'll connected to Shisterkin takes the pressure off of him to make 50 saves a night. If the Rangers are putting up three, four goals a game, they're going to win most games. He's not going to take a huge step back where he goes from a nine thirty to a 900 save percentage. Remember, this is a guy that I think, uh, I think there were maybe a handful of games, five or six in the KHL where he let up more than one goal.
2: How'd you feel about him in the playoffs this year?
1: he had a couple of shaky games in pittsburgh and i'm going off i didn't watch all the games i was on my honeymoon oh, so congrats, i man. couldn't Good thank best. you i couldn't get the games i was actually on a mediterranean cruise I i tried they had a sports bar and everything and i tried to sit there at 11 p.m and they didn't have any
2: your wife planned that she goes hey don't let him <laughs> uh wait <laughs> have, a way. have a way i'm done I wouldn't
1: be surprised.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, what I'm saying is right. A lot of people say they kind of – now look, before the playoffs started, I'm not a betting man at all. I put money on Colorado winning win the cup. But then I Good also bet. on the fun win side, the on the fun side, I said I could see the Rangers in Calgary in the finals because they are, to me, the two teams with the two best goalies on each side going in. That's how I felt. So I, when I was rooting for Rangers, man, I didn't care about the money thing. I was rooting for Rangers all the way. I thought it would just been a really cool story because I thought going in they probably – you know, I mean Tampa I was tired of Tampa Bay. I was tired, there's not you know, Rangers are a team, I don't mind it during I like the Rangers are fine, the Islanders are fine, you know, that's there's not too many teams in the conference, or teams like you no know, reason them, you know. So it was like I, I really wanted them, they were fun to watch. And it just seemed like well, okay, you got okay, you got through Pittsburgh and then second round Carolina, right? No yeah. Carolina. Yeah, I just I just that that went six also, right? No. Uh seven. No, that seven. was seven. The Rangers finally won game
1: seven in yeah, okay. Carolina. Sorry, yeah. It wasn't even close. The Rangers crushed it. The they dominated game. that yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. That was a great but,
2: game. But overall, um, okay, we got saying here. Igor had two terrible games, but bounced yep. back nicely from both of them. And that's what's important is how you bounce yeah. back. Yeah. You know, sometimes game three and four in
1: Pittsburgh were brutal, right. Awful.
2: Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, and it I was think there's the one game that uh I'm trying to think. Maybe it was against Tampa Bay that Tampa scored really late in the game or something on a breakdown. And against Tampa, it seemed like he played really well, but they just weren't... then the scoring stopped a little bit. The power play yeah. went to heck. I mean – Anthony Sorelli was, was just, uh,
1: Tampa's I was best player. player. Yes. He shut down the Ranger – he shut down the Zabanejak frieder line, which was the only line aside from the kids that were able to generate offense consistently. They're out of the game. Panarin and Strom are one and done. So that leaves the Kako, Lafreniere, Heatle line. And they don't play on the power play, or they don't play as much on the power play. And Mm -hmm. you you can't win against Tampa Bay with one line that can produce offense. It just doesn't. And their
2: power play just was, if I'm right, wasn't it? I know Boston didn't score anything, but Frank, didn't Rangers not score anything in the power play? I can't remember now. It's like the power play was their doom. I don't remember at all. I I really wanted them to win. They didn't. Um but uh you know I'm hey talking a... in the Carolina series? No against Tampa Bay.
0: Oh uh um... it, like it was
2: like they just couldn't score goals all of a sudden on the power play.
0: Yeah, I kind of started in like game four, I believe. They just their power play just stopped clicking and uh yeah. but like games one games one to three, they were they were scoring on the power play at will, like they were pretty much the whole playoffs and the whole season. You know, um, one
2: game just, I think they lost. I think they stopped. lost overtime. Well I think it was one game last overtime. Game they Game yeah, that, that was a the game. They had two man advance for a full two minutes and didn't score. Yep. And I think mm-hmm. they were up one nothing at the time. And I remember them me on Twitch. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> hey, look at we we were Buffalo Saber fan. Believe me, we know how it went back, and we'll get back to we'll get to that in a little bit about how two thousand five six. You know how that ended them. No. Yeah, because the. They had, um, yeah, you know,
0: they, they they did basically stop scoring on the power play because game. Games, 4, 5, and 6, they only scored one goal in each game. Yeah. Was the offense the disappeared. Lines. And yeah, strong power play
1: disappears. <laughs> I, I, I am surprised Strom didn't have surgery. I'm surprised <laughs> Goudreau didn't have surgery because I thought he broke his ankle. Uh, we were talking about Panarin and kind of looking off all season. The Rangers, this was a good learning experience for the Rangers. Oh. They're not going away. Oh, what and a great it's so easy blood. to say that they're going to take a step back. Be, just – Statistically speaking, yeah, two teams in the East make it to the Eastern Conference Final. It's easy to say, oh, yeah, they're not going to get there next year. Oh, gee, thanks. Well, let's talk, the numbers. Let's talk. Well, it, let's and then you realize
0: minute. one of those teams is Tampa Bay. And God, I hate
2: yeah. they made the yeah, Cup Cooper's Final three years. Coach. Cooper is, yeah, he is. He
1: Him he and um, Ben are the two best coaches in the NHL. My and bar. they know how to High play bar. the cap. Mm. So let's, let's talk hey, about team. the step
2: back. So you, know, you look at the Rangers. Analytically, overall... Off, take away the goaltending situation. Analytically, Buffalo on offense was a little bit better. Defensively, Buffalo's – it was like analytics. Now, I'm not big on analytics. I'm just not. I mean, yeah. Frank will be more. My other co is more. But when you tell me this stuff, I said, well, yeah, but they won more. If Sisterkins Cister- takes – I mean, he had – if he does what he did this year next year, that's hashtag levels, the, the way he did two years in a row. If that – if he takes a step back, to like, let's say he's, um comes back a little bit. You know, just, just a little bit, not too much, but, like, say between the mean and the hole where he was, let's say they meet in the middle, okay? What – can the Rangers still – how far can they go? It, you know, because you're saying, all oh, these guys got to score them all, score three, four goals a game. They weren't doing that. So do you think for them to really have another year like this or it's going to be more on the offense than him this year because you cannot expect the same season from him again, can you?
1: You can't expect the same season, but – I have a question when you're looking at those numbers, are you looking at season long numbers or are you looking at post trade deadline when the Rangers stopped playing Greg Backeg and Julian Gauthier all the time? Uh, it, it's does, a it does make
0: a difference because yeah, the that. Rangers Rangers uh, numbers, especially like their expected goals for and everything got yeah. a lot better after the trade right. deadline, when they got yep. for Trano and Tyler Mod and Andrew Copp and, the, right. and them. Yep. So, it was yeah. addition
1: by subtraction because yeah. I think they pushed out Dryden Hunt, who was miscast as the second-line right winger, Greg McKegg, who should have been fired into the sun, and I actually think Ryan Reeves wound up getting str- scratched a few times, and I'm trying to... Julian Gauthier was mostly the third guy out who actually drove play but couldn't score to save his life. But you're adding guys, Vetrano and cop you, know, you replace them with Trocheck and Sammy Blay, and then you're also rotating the kids into the top six, yeah. and then you have a fourth line that doesn't have Greg McKay, or in this case, the Rangers may not play Ryan Reeves all that often. Remember, he's 30, what am I, 38, so he's 35,
2: 36. How are you doing How am I? Wait, how <laughs> I know how old the
1: oldest guy in the Rangers is, and it's younger than me, that, <laughs> and that's depressing. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> That's almost as depressing as this comment here from uh, 2001 Lexa Leonidas. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. Sitting Kako and uh, putting Strom in that last game. You're giving me flashbacks and it, you're killing me here. <laughs> <laughs> that was a horrible coaching decision. Assuming the doesn't galaxy brain the season, the Rangers are much better equipped to be able to withstand Shesterkin being human. But human is not. I think he's more like Lundqvist than he is like the 940 goalie, or he is say, um, give me a horrible.
0: Get Jonathan Quick
1: last year, who was awful last year.
2: So it would be. I would actually say
0: Gibson the last three Gibson. years. He's been awful. Yeah, like, actually, actually, I had a pretty season. good year last season, but yeah, Gibson I think is definitely more the example. Yeah. And like Cheshurkin had what had a 933 save percentage. He last was
1: 940. Season. Heading into the trade deadline,
0: yeah, yeah, that's true. So, but even if so, then I guess the I guess then when it comes to Shcherbina, it becomes if he's gonna drop, if he drops to nine twenty-five, one still great. Two, how much does that affect the winning that the Rangers have? Can they at least make that up? Like that would the have, Rangers are a hundred-point
1: team if he's a nine twenty-five goalie.
2: But you're yes, also I taking mean, twenty goals away from Chris Kreider, so if if that happens, but if you redistribute twenty to goals to
0: Lafreniere and Kyle, yeah, yeah. and even Hedele, like next year, what,
2: the next year could be the biggest. You know, the next next season, you know, it could be for the Rangers. Is um, it could be when uh, I'm trying to think of something to compare them to, but. Like when the Bills in 1989 lost that game to Cleveland and the Browns, where we thought we were that good and we lost, and we was like, wow, we're going to be back. And then we just all of a sudden were great for four years. Next year's that year for you guys, I think you have to take the next step next year more, only because the show, even maybe not, maybe even only make it to the third round again. But if you're going you know, to so take a step back, but then all of a sudden all you guys around are that much better. If you can stay around the 100 points a little bit more. You know, then it could be, it's, I think hockey's a weird sport, you know? I think they'll be,
0: they'll still be able to compete in the Metro. I really think I think Pittsburgh's old. Yeah. I I think think Pittsburgh's
2: old, Washington's old, Carolina's very good, but they're Carolina. They, you know, they just, they're a weird team. They don't seem to have to. Carolina's my, right now,
0: Carolina's still my favorite to win the, to win the division. Islanders are going away. I think the Islanders won't Devils go away. Yeah, are the team to watch.
2: Yeah,
0: they're, they're going to be interesting if they yeah if they can get a save, then they're going to compete in a lot more games. They may yeah. sounds like a start though, challenging. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I don't think Blackwood can. I, I don't know if he got vaccinated yet, but if he doesn't, and Canada still has that rule in place, he can't play any game in Canada.
0: Nope,
2: but that's about, how they
0: traded for Vanek. That's
2: about ten yeah. goals, ten games, probably roughly. I'm just guessing. Um, uh, it's closer. only Montreal
1: and Toronto. In we got Calgary, eight.
2: Vancouver. Oh, wait,
1: Ottawa, too. Sorry, Ottawa.
2: Well, no one remembers Ottawa. Three, but, six, um, nine, ten. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, so probably about 15 games. Yeah, so
2: I'm gonna throw a take. I knew I throw, I brought it up before we started. Um, I think overall, if you take away the goal situations, when the way Buffalo played from March 1st on the last 36 games, Buffalo's is one of the top teams in hockey for the last games. that's when we got healthy. So I think I think I think we're gonna I think we can catch Boston I think because they're starting to see I think the team we can catch but I think if we get goaltending I don't think we'll get it if if we switch goaltenders I think Buffalo could have a better team than the Rangers if we switch goaltenders but we can't do that and you guys got Fox but I think that with Dalene going to take next step possibly I just think just they're mirroring a little bit each other and just like in the uh, early in the mid 2000s these two teams clash like that I, I think we're on our way up I think it'll be more fun now if the Sabres are good the Owls are good. Rangers. I'd like to see the Canadians get good. I think when Canadian team overall, Canadian teams are good, but you get Montreal being good. You know, I don't want Carolina and Florida and Tampa. They're not hockey cities, so I I, th- I think Buffalo is closing the gaps on the Rangers, and Islanders, if we get the goaltending, and it might not be this year. We don't know. Their future goalies are a year or two away. We'll see so what that will does. be interesting. Yeah, Kyle. I he
1: might I don't know played. if I agree with that only because I'm looking at the Buffalo roster. And you're really banking on Cousins or Krebs being that elite, elite player that is a game changer.
0: And I think we're really, yeah. re- I, I think we're really thinking that Cousins can have a breakout season next, next year. And Quinn. Cousins is the real deal. I mean, he's going yeah. to be good.
1: I don't want you to take that the wrong way that he's gonna be oh you know a
0: middling middle six center. Well no, there's it, it, gonna be has, a top can line he center. take no he's gonna he's yeah. gotta take the next yeah. step though. He's yeah, got he 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 to take up. that next step. And then yeah. and with the with Thompson? the too, Yeah. Well that, that's well that that's we where I was getting to. that's what I was getting to though. Yeah. Like Thompson went from being a fringe NHL player to a thirty-eight goal score just I called that. the center. I, I want to say I and called him you can't expect you can't, can't expect him expect just again. to do that again next season as well. So Skinner where are those goal where are those goals gonna Skinner be had a from? great decision. And Two, even then Skinner's always been yeah. an up and down player. He'll have thirty goals one year and then he'll score twenty the next. So you so got, did get uh, rid of
2: the coach so
1: no <laughs> so. does play a huge yeah. role here. Tuck, yeah, he, uh,
2: he lets them play gun and gun. We like it out and even then I mean talk.
0: Tuck, yeah. is Tuck is is, yeah. Tuck See, is really good. We, the team um, that finished. like, like Olafson's gonna be Olofson's gonna be back as well. He signed a two-year extension. I really wonder about Casey Middlestad as well. I really Wayne. do. I I thought he was prime for a breakout season this year, but he got he got
2: injured, injured multiple times. He All missed years. like
0: more than half the year. Um and then yeah, you t- then you mentioned Krebs earlier. You know, he's he's a guy who I think still needs to show a little bit more, but has at least shown flashes of that. Potential he looked really good in the playoffs for the Amherst. He I looked mean, great in the playoffs for the Amherst. To me, Peyton Krebs at to- at a lot of times last season for Buffalo looked like looked like a he should have went in the top ten in his draft year, which was twenty nineteen, which he would have went top ten had he not towards Achilles. Um and then you have Jack Quinn, who's going to, who's, we have to remember, he's a rookie. He's going to, he's a rookie. He's going to have rookie growing pains. He's not going to come in and score 30 goals right off the bat. He, if he does, great, amazing. Probably not going to happen though. And you also, you're going to, so you're going to have to manage his minutes too. So he's probably going to have to start out on like the third line potentially. And who knows who he's, who his line mates are going to be? he might be paired with cousins right away, you never know, but I'm thinking Middlesat's going to be third line center to start the year, and he might be paired with middleset to year. I think middleset's know? going to wing I don't know because I don't see I don't think the team views Peyton Krabs as a center. I think they view him as a winger, so I think they're going to keep so then if mm-hmm. you think if you put Middleset on the wing, who's playing third line center for this team after I think be Krabs. cousins? I don't I think, think be Krabs. so I think it's going to be middleset. I think they're going to play. I think the second, I think the first line is going to stay as Skinner, Thompson, Tuck. I think the second line is going to be Krebs, Cousins, Olofsson. Oh, and then Middlestat and Middlestad and Quinn. And they're probably going to start Hina Strosa out on the third line with Middlestad and Quinn. And then they're going to hope, or even Asplin too, they're going to hope that Paterka takes that spot. Because you, and then you, but then even then, if you have two rookies on the team, they're go- and there's going to be growing pains. Their Sabers aren't going to be scoring a lot of goals that way because you can't just be relying on their top line the whole time. That's what we've been going through the last five well, six years. Know. You know, you the, top the top line scores, defenseman. but nobody else does. Yeah, Hell, well,
1: you don't have the puck moving defenseman to move it up, which is why I don't think the Sabers are there just yet. We're talking too much. About I still think they're a year away.
2: Front. Well, Dalene can Dalene can take that in and end. But that's one. Right. That's mean. one guy. You, and have, Samuelson you is You,
0: the you have to hold. Well, yeah. not much of a puck mover, but you have yeah. Owen Power and you have Bryson yeah, as well. You do have oh. Owen Power, and that's gonna. That's where it's going You can. You can get that just distribution on the for the puck moving defenseman. Even and I, I said, even Bryson too. And having Ilya Labushkin there should help out Jacob Bryson a lot more because it'll at least yeah. having that defensive coverage means Bryson can be more offensively minded, which is what he which is what he should be. Yeah, we're just
2: excited that maybe, maybe we're finally coming out these doldrums that we've been in the last 11 heck, you years. Just brought, heck, you the team will. just
0: brought back Lawrence Pilot, too, and he's a, he's a good puck mover. Yeah, so I'm looking pretty, at your
1: blue line, uh, Labushkin's your oldest guy. I mean, you need a little bit of
0: time. Old, yeah. I think year Sabres and will be there. The
2: yeah, I, I,
0: think, I think the Sabres are a year away. I think they're going to improve this season, especially if Comrie – has a, has even has even a slightly similar year. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be a nine twenty goalie this year. I probably would say no, but I could see him being a
2: 910 in, well, in the nine ten goalie. And well, our defense is better than where, Winnipeg's. Our defense has to be better than Winnipeg's.
0: Well, that's where I'd say it comes. It still comes down to the yeah. fit in terms of how does yeah. the
2: Sabres' defensive
0: style fit to Comrie's game. You know, the Sabers were a team that had struggled the last few years being shorthanded and comry is not a good goalie when he when the team is shorthanded i mean there aren't that many good goalies who goalies who are good when the team is shorthanded but connor hellebuck is one of those guys and you know you notice it right away in the numbers so Comrie being if he's more of average when the team is shorthanded and he's average overall in his numbers that should in theory that should propel the sabers to more wins how many is going to be the question I and think where are they coming from? And, remember, where, you still and where are have the goals teams. coming from
1: too? Yes. Toronto, Florida are not going away. Nope, and not, not Tampa's not, not going away.
2: Well, maybe. Boston no, is, no, Boston's going is the yet. team
1: it needs to come from. Yep. If I'm reading that division, right. Boston's going to take a step back first yep. and then it's yep. going to be Tampa, Florida. I have no idea what to expect from them. I, that season came out of nowhere, but they're stacked.
0: But and, they were, they've been good the last really the last three years. Yeah. The, I, I Pandemic hockey
2: kind of was yeah no, yeah I it messed a lot of things right. up but, yeah.
0: but you saw a lot of stuff from Florida even pre-pandemic they were play, they were really they were doing really well <laughs> and then the pandemic season and then the shortened pandemic season they were really good and then it just went up even further now they're and they're gonna come down. But I don't, I don't know if they come down as much. They might not. I don't know if I would take them to win the division next year. But they're still. No, I think at the very least, they're still, they're still a top three team in that division. Yeah. And I then and even that the same. I I, would, take yeah,
2: I I think so. I think so. We got to take a um, 17 second break. Go ahead, Frank. All
0: right. I was also. I'm also going to say. I think. Then you also got to deal with look at what Ottawa's done this off as well. Even Detroit's looked. Detroit's done at least some good things. I think the Sabres can still be better than them, but Ottawa's the team then that you got to, if Boston falls off, that fourth spot might come down to either Boston, if they hang out, that. Ottawa. I am I keep
1: forgetting about Ottawa and Detroit don't, uh, teams got to stop trading with Steve Eisenman.
0: They just got to yeah, stop. Yeah, that doing. too. Well, that too, yeah. Because right. you're,
1: you're looking at teams that Buffalo needs to take wins from, and the only team that they can get wins, they, they can get more
2: wins out of, is Montreal because Montreal's gonna be awful. Yeah, and Toronto. We always do Toronto. All yeah. right. We're gonna take 17. <laughs> we're gonna take 17 seconds here to talk about our sponsors. Obviously, our sponsors, John and Mary Subs. If you love subs, go down there. You one know of chicken finger pizzas with the steak on there. Uh they you know, they I can't oh geez, I eat them all the time. They're so good. The chicken and the steak, you know. And also dinosaur barbecue. They're located. I think you have dinosaur barbecue down there, right, Dave? We you have dinosaur, dinosaur barbecue there. All right, here. I'm about to make you hungry. Folks, we'll be back in a few seconds. I haven't eaten dinner yet. Yeah, Sorry but I didn't mean to cut you off. I no, I haven't that. eaten dinner yet.
1: I'm starving. And now you're oh. doing that. i like, well, uh, uh, okay. yeah, I don't I know if like I can curse. I was a, I don't So you tell uh, me. <laughs>
2: You know when that happens, no one can hear nothing. So, oh, can you hear on there? I don't know. It's not made for kids. Um, Fair enough. Just, you know, I mean, you know. Um, all right, so we're gonna switch. We're gonna go. We're gonna go off the uh, deep end here a little bit. Um, one of the reasons why I actually invited you on was I, you know, um, we were talking about Chris Drury. I, I emailed you and I said, hey, I saw your story about Drury. and you know, I agreed with you on everything you wrote about, and I thought, you know, you're a Ranger fan, so I felt that was. All right, good. This ain't me being biased. or What happened to me and you know, happened to Sabre fans in 2007. I, you know, but talk and we'll, we'll talk about that in, for a minute too in a bit. But, um, I, you know, uh, we have some guys say, Oh, this Chris was gonna be a great GM. I said, Well, why are you gonna be a great GM? And there's nothing makes you, you know, oh, yeah, well, he, he's gonna I go. Well, I talked to people. I said, Why? Because he was great I the ice. So what? I said, Pedro wasn't a good coach. Petro was not a good coach on the bench for Colorado, right? Or he had his problems. I go, We don't Gretzky. know, you know, right, 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 you know, I mean. Um, it, it's I, you know I always said you know but you know he, he took over a team that was probably already starting to get built. I couldn't tell you who he had, but he, he had some players already there. I don't know how how much he was involved. I mean, we were told when bottle came here, he was on a he was ten years assistant GM, and he was the architect of the two last teams at one. So we were fed all this, and like now all of a sudden Drury out of nowhere is getting this GM spot, which I don't know if anyone expected what, how it came about. I, all of a sudden he's a GM, like when well, they fired one guy, and you know of so here now he's a GM. I, he was never a GM in the minors, as far as I know. He didn't have much front office experience, I, as far as I know. And then I said, well, look at Kevin Adams. He yeah, he's got none. Well, no. Actually, when Barrow was here, Kevin Adams was going to the board of governor meetings, hanging out. He was doing a lot of the background GM stuff, because they've been grooming him. And uh, so, you know, I'll let you take the spot for here Dave. But how do you feel about when Drew got the job? Like, well, how'd that happen? I, it was, I forgot what caused the firing. Something happened. It yeah. was the... He, um, he, it was the Tom Wilson Panarin incident. Okay, all right. So he becomes GM. How how do you how do you feel? How he starts GM. Where do you think it's going? We'll go over there. Go ahead. Ian.
1: Oh, this is gonna be a long one. All right. <laughs> so the breathe once Wilson, in a while. Uh, <laughs> he's overrated. Who needs that, <laughs> right? Uh, the Tom Wilson thing was bad. Um, it was a bad look for the Rangers, but it was. I think it was something that needed to happen, which sounds kind of odd. Okay, what happened? Let's tell people who didn't know. What happened? Oh, okay. So... Oh, God, I tried to uh, black this out of my mind. Uh, (laughs) um, More or less, Tom Wilson ragdolled Artemi Panarin behind the net in a scrum. And the Rangers were still technically in the playoff race, but not really. And then then I think Pavel Buchnevich jumped on top of Wilson, and he wound up getting his ass kicked, too. And, and and Panarin just, got
0: hurt on that on that as well. Panarin
1: got hurt. He was out for the not. This was out a while. Thing. Yeah, this is where the pandemic hockey thing kind of messes with my mind a bit. I think he was done for the rest of the year. I want to and say. And today, Tom yeah. Wilson's sitting there doing a stupid little you know flex thing. Professional wrestling. Oh yeah, wrestling he did thing. that in
0: the penalty box.
1: Yeah, and then the I Rangers' mean. response was basically to, you know, have a line brawl the next game. Um, but
2: than that. what yeah.
1: happened with Drury was he w- he had been the assistant GM for a, couple, for a few years. He'd been the GM mm-hmm. in Hartford, and the Rangers declined to allow teams to interview him. And so it was very up. early he was going to get the role at some point. And this is where I get into the rumor mill and not on confirmed. Well, rumors are stuff. good. Yeah. Rumors are fun. So but this I is say- not officially confirmed, but I've heard this from a few people now that when the Rangers sent out that statement that they thought George Parros was a fool, that the department of player safety really dropped right. the ball with not suspending Tom Wilson, that neither Gordon nor Jeff Gordon nor John Davidson agreed with sending out that statement, And, that was the last straw for Jim Dolan, the owner of the Rangers, with Jeff Gordon. He had been looking to fire him. He thought that the Rangers should be a playoff team, and they weren't. He was very upset about that. And he basically told John Davidson, who was the president of the team, you have to fire him now. And Davidson says, if Gordon goes, I go. So fired them both. Made Chris Drury president and general manager. That's the rumor of what happened. I've heard it from a few people. I'm inclined to believe it.
0: That's a big bad jump. <laughs> that sounds about that sounds about right from everything I've read as well. Yeah, that, that I think that's right. That is what I believe happened. I'm assuming
1: we're missing something that wasn't talked about. You know, we don't hear about these things until three four years down the line. Like we didn't hear that yeah, the family. Rangers. And the Rangers and the Lightning had a handshake deal for Steven Stamkos in 2010? 2000, no, 2008. Oh, yeah. they, had a, they had a handshake deal for Stephen Stamkos. That it was with the wrong GM of the Lightning at the time, so that never happened. Um, we didn't hear about the Ryan McDonough to Edmonton for the number four overall pick in 2017 until five years later. Or three, three, four years later, sorry, I'm losing yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Pandemic really messed
2: with my concept at the time. <laughs> So how do you feel uh, about Drury's job so far? Okay, so he gets the job as president and GM. GM and present, two big titles, first time ever. What were your thoughts like – I mean, are, were you happy that he was getting the job? Initially, yeah.
1: Initially, so Steve Valliquette is a former Rangers goalie. He's has his own uh, analytics company. He does a lot of broadcasts with the Rangers. He does a great job breaking down numbers and systems and how it's supposed to work together. He was very excited about Drury being GM, and I – Know what Chris Drury is like from people that I've spoken to. He's intense. He is very uh, He's very patient. He knows what he wants, and he goes and gets it. And those qualities are usually good for DMs, and we've seen him make very good trades. Getting anything for Brett Howden was a miracle, although I didn't necessarily like the trade for Ryan Reeves, but that turned out to be great because Reeves is fantastic in the locker room. When he took over, he wanted to make sure that the Rangers had a locker room that was not divisive. And that's what the Rangers locker room was. It was very clicky. You had the D'Angelo group that had Strom. It had yeah. Brendan Lemieux. It had um, – I think it actually had Adam Fox too, but you don't get rid of Adam Fox. No. Um, and then you had the other side of the locker room, which – Dealt with them, but wasn't over. It was fractured, and you could tell. And Drury wanted to make sure that the Rangers had a locker room. They had players that had defined roles, and everybody knew what they were going to do. Got rid of Quinn. Everybody liked that. Hired Galant. Everybody liked that. Traded Buchnevich. Horrible fucking trade.
0: Sorry.
2: (laughs) It's after after nine o'clock. It's after nine o'clock. All right. I mean,
0: it's not, it's also not wrong to, right. It's a way.
2: second round pick
1: and a fourth liner. I like Sammy Blay. I like the way he plays. He He's in on the four. Again, I'm going to keep saying, I've been saying it since we started, in on the four check. Mm-hmm. That was something the Rangers didn't do under David Quinn. It's something they were doing relatively inconsistently last year, but he he's in on the four check, but he's a fourth liner. You're telling me you're trading a point per game player and a top line winger for a second round pick and a fourth liner? Horrible trade. Mm-hmm. But they got he got something for Brett Howden he made the trade for Ryan Reeves fine not what not a big deal resigned Reeves to another year wasn't really the best biggest fan of that but again not a big deal the Barkley Gudrow contract was bad on the surface
2: got the wrong gudrow
1: Wow. so that yeah you have the guchnevich trade you have the gudrow contract and then you have Vitali Kravtsov for the second time leaving the rangers. And Chris Drury was the guy at the helm of the Hartford Wolfpack because the Wolfpack had the same locker room issues that the Rangers had. And Chris Drury was the GM of the Wolfpack when uh, Krasov left both times and when Leah Anderson left. Two top 10 picks, three times leaving the Wolfpack. There was a reason behind it and Chris Drury was the guy that was at the helm for all three. When this I is wrote that what get
2: to What happened? What he was talking, you said he was lambasting the guy in the locker room and in front of the other uh, players. Yep.
1: He did it in front of his teammates. And you can't do that to a 19 year old kid. So we're in, we're four months, five months into Chris Drury's tenure as GM. He signed a six year contract for a fourth line player. He traded the best winger, well, second best winger for Peanuts. And now another top 10 pick had left the team. So when I wrote that, Post in uh, October nineteenth, twenty twenty one. Not only did the Rangers have those issues, but then there was no backup plan. So Krasov had already left once, and they knew he wasn't happy. And there's no right winger, and then you trade Butenavich. There's nobody there to back up Krasov, or if this happens again, it's the same guy at the helm. It's the same winger, and there's nobody else. And then you lose Sammy Blay, and now we're talking about what the winger construction was for the Rangers all, most of last year. That was a problem for the Rangers, and that's why the Rangers had, had past tense, a Chris Drury problem because he was in the locker room, he was micromanaging, and he didn't have a full plan for if this didn't work out.
2: Now that's a question I want to ask. Frank, real quick, have, I don't recall, and I could be wrong if you say, oh, yeah, I remember – I don't recall GMs – usually coaches do that. They land-based players, not GMs. I, I mean, is, it, is that what you're saying, Dave, is, is he was micromanaging? Like, normally GMs don't do that, right? Normally they, let, they, they talk to the coach, and the coach does all the yelling. What, what, why was Drury – do you feel he was overstepping?
1: I. So this is coming from a Rangers beat writer who said that Drury was in Kraftsaw's face in front of his teammates – The first time he left, saying he quit on the team. Mm -hmm. And then the second time, Derubis said go. And the relationship was fractured. It was clear Kravtsov wasn't going to be a ranger after that. So you're looking at one top 10 bust in Leas Anderson, who we don't know what the deal was there, but you're playing Brendan Smith at forward, over your seventh overall pick. Can't blame Leis Anderson for leaving. Vitaly Kravtsov got reamed by his GM twice. And he didn't make the team out of camp, despite some other guys, specifically Leibor Hayek, still Mm -hmm. on the team, because they were afraid of losing Hayek to waivers. This one I still don't get. But Kravtsov didn't have to pass through waivers, so he got sent down. And now he's gone back to the KHL. All this in October. Drury had a rough start to his tenure. But I will give him the draft. He did a good job with the draft. He got who who's fantastic. He got one, two, three, four other high ceiling guys in that draft. He got the draft. He got something for Brett Howden. It wasn't all bad, but the bad really outweighed
2: the good. This past draft or the one back? These, the he's talking about 2021. 2021. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. So then, you think a lot of that had to yeah. do with throwing in the fire? I mean, here's the assistant GM, and all of a sudden you're the GM and president now. Um, you know, do you think that had something to do with the start? Like, oh, like okay, I got to, you know, take some kind of – maybe he was seeing stuff he didn't like while he was assistant but couldn't say much, and he just wanted to clear it. I mean, he had, got to the third round, so obviously, like you said, he turned around did something, right?
1: So again the rumor with the Puchnevich trade was they needed to shake up the locker room. And that sent ripple effects down and it had the desired effect. I can't now I'm looking back at it. The Rangers got nothing for him and it's still a terrible trade, but by getting rid of Le- Brendan Lemieux before uh, at the trade deadline in 21 then firing D'Angelo into the sun and buying him out, then bringing in guys like Goodrow, and we'll get to that contract and the check and contract too, because those are connected. Bringing guys like Goodrow, bringing in Reeves, you change the locker room. And the whole thing with Rangers Twitter last year was the vibes and the vibes per 60 for the stat folks out there. The Rangers were fun to watch because of the way the locker room was. And you don't see that in October. And I still have questions about the way Drury's going to manage the team. But you can't argue with what he's done since. He nailed the trade deadline. He didn't give up anything of value. And the Rangers went to the Eastern Conference Final. Mm-hmm. The draft this year was... I like Sikora. I like McConnell Barker. Um, from the people I've spoken to, the last four were whiffs, but it was a bad Draft class anyway, so I don't really know what to make of the it. I'm, weird not draft yeah. I'm not a prospect guy.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm not a prospect. I'm not going to pretend to know what I'm talking about yeah.
2: here. I'm not stabbed I'm not uh, numbers nerds either. So you know, I trust mm-hmm. uh, Frank and Steve when Steve's around. He's on vacation this week, so you and, know and I I'm trust going... those guys to tell me. Yeah. Uh, you're right. And speaking as being about trusting, My... right? like, GMs get a lot of credit for who they draft, but you got to give a lot of credit. To you got to have the right scouts, <laughs> right, right, and, jury and, and GMs happy, willing to listen to them. And mm-hmm. sometimes, oh, yeah. you know, that's, that that's a lot the to biggest it. thing. Yeah, where Adams um, has, uh, has uh what do you call it, on the side with him our associate GM from Carolina. So um, help me out here, Frank. Carmanos. He's got Carmanos helping him out. Now he's called the associate GM, not assistant. I think eventually he becomes a GM, and Adams moves one more step further to the presidency. I think that happens soon. And we got a very we'll good guy in the analytics department, maybe the best in Hawks. And Ventura. Yeah, so you know, yeah, you it, a, a good GM <laughs> is only as good as the people he that. puts around him. He just so his jury yeah. is jury going to let him do that? You, it sounds like he in one season from one end to the other, it was a complete, complete it was like down here. Yes, and he told you person. So, and no- I got to give
1: him credit. He he has earned the benefit of the doubt from the Butchenevich trade and. The contracts. I've been talking about the Goodrow and the Trochek contracts. Six years for Goodrow, seven for Trochek. Horrible on the surface because you're not, those guys are going to be awful by halfway through the contract. That's how it works.
0: How
2: Mm -hmm. it works. Uh,
1: And this is something that I never agreed with. There's a lot of people saying if you sign a contract knowing that the player is not going to finish that contract with the team, it's a bad contract to start. I think that is total horse shit. The Rangers are a tale of two teams. They have another two, maybe three seasons left with Kreider, Zibanejad, Panarin, Truba. At that point, if you look at the contract structure, Truba's no move becomes no trade. Zibanejad and Panarin's payouts make them a little bit easier to move, and Kreider. I don't know what's going on with him, but I don't think his skill set will age
0: as poorly as the others.
2: If you win a cup so, in the next two years as, care. I think as long as he's <laughs> well, yeah, healthy,
0: he'll he'll be fine. But if yep. he has an in- if he has an injury or two, then right you're going to look at him falling off a cliff a lot sooner rather than probably later. probably. And that's the risk especially these because guys. Thirty one.
1: Yeah, and, and so you win now with those guys. You have one of the best pure shooting centers in the game in Zabana. Mm. you got Panarin. You got Truba, who may not be this amazing puck-moving defenseman, but he changed two series. He did. In the playoffs, he changed two series, and you need players like him. And yeah, he's True not is. bad. He
2: might have been your best player in the playoffs for some reason. So he was
1: Truba. probably the best defenseman in yeah, the playoffs, not was. named Keandre Miller. Yeah,
2: he was yeah, Miller- Keandre, Miller- We'll get to that second quarter. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah.
1: that's the second team, is the Lafreniers, Kakos, maybe Hedl, maybe Kravtsov.
0: But DeAndre Miller definitely. Fox, Adam Fox kind of leads that. And that yep. leads that and Fo- Well, it.
1: Fox is going to cover both cores. And I yeah. think Fox is going to wind up being cap captain at some point to bridge that gap. But you win now with this core, with this current core of the 30 year olds. Then you're probably going to take a, a step back for two, three seasons as the younger core when they're 24, 25 transitioning to a leadership role. And you backfill from there. Mm hmm. The old so that's the second core of the Rangers, and that's when you are going to see people like Goodrow and Trocheck traded. Or if the Ranger, if they're still good, still with the Rangers, you never know. Right. But you're in,
2: you're in the now, now with the Rangers. Yeah. That's the intention. This past season. Yeah, I think this past season probably put you guys in the close to the wind cup now mode. So you gotta do those kind of things. Maybe yep. before the season you would have thought that, but the way it went, you see your goal setting, everything else. You're probably at that point now so we got well we're actually four minutes past time but I don't care it's too much fun um uh I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my last topic and I'm gonna hop off if you guys want to keep talking at midnight I don't care um or you know but now it's Dave it's been great having you but I wanna ask the the final wrap up question I like doing this one is uh I'm gonna throw out my answer first though uh who do you believe you guys are younger than me so who do you believe is the best Rangers player of all time and I'm gonna go with because I'm not that old, I would you know I'd have to go with Brian Leach. He was an amazing defenseman. He was great for his career. Uh, Frank, I'm sure he's probably before your time a little bit. A little I'm
0: bit, sure. yeah. A
2: little bit. I'm um, 38 Rangers guys. Have, I grew revitalizing. him. All right, Rangers <laughs> have a great history, a long history. I mean, they they've had players back in the '67. They, they, I mean, great players. Um, but I mean, you, know, you can't count Guy Lafleur. You can't count Phil Esposito because they came when they when it was over. Marcel Dion. I'm talking about the greatest player being uh, Bambridge might might be right there. Brian Leach on defense, on um, forward, uh, yeah. It's, I, I, I mean Ron Doogie, Brian Barry Beckham, those are the guys back then. Yeah. But you know, mm-hmm. so Is Gilbert up front, no yeah, question. Right, yeah. so, right, Gilbert
1: or Rattel. So right, for me.
2: And both them went to the Bruins, or they came from the Bruins. I'm not sure. I um, was always 16s back then, so it doesn't take much. But i I'm gonna go with Brian Leach.
0: It's a very, that's a very good one. And I mean, I'm a little bit more modern, but yeah. the first guy I think of is Lundqvist. Very good. Yep. I think Lundqvist, at least in terms of my generation of yep. like early 2000s to even today, I think Lunquist is the best goalie ever out of, in this gen, in this generation. I, I just look at the numbers. I look at how he played and I just think, I just think there's nobody better than him. I'll be honest. This might be a take for me as a as a Sabers fan, as a Sabers fan who Jose. grew up idolizing Jose. Ryan Miller. Oh, I, gonna go I use I use a Ryan Miller jersey when I play most yep. of the time. I will stand by this take. I think Lunquist should have won the Vezina in 2010.
2: He should. I think his numbers <laughs>
0: were that much better, and I think Miller only won that because of how amazing he was in the Olympics. He was amazing that season. He. he he deserved he deserved to win it, but I think Lundqvist was just a little bit better. Maybe not a little bit better, but a lot Totes better. Tobies
2: are tough in your voting. Just yeah. like the fight in kind of the playoffs.
0: But what, but there was just nobody who was more who was better and more consistent than Lundqvist. He came into the Rangers right away and was great. You do Lundqvist not do that with
1: goalies. Is number 2 all-time in goalies in the nh in NHL history to me. Hashik
2: being number one. Well, I don't I even love, have Hasek as number one. I, love I have Hasek team. as number two. Everyone uh, oh, hashek had a slink number, number one all the time. I, know, I don't know I know, I know. I number have, one. My number one is Patrick Wild, the best goalie For ever. me,
0: for me, it's all about it's all about how do you impact the game. And the two goal, and I agree with this, the two goalies who've done who 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 have, who have no better who are the best at impacting the game for their time, Hashik Lundquist. Yep.
1: That's how I that's how I see it. Is Hasek Lunquist one two in goalies? If you're looking at best rangers player, I see yeah. somebody said Mike Richter. I love Richter. Genius. He's earlier. a genius, oh. but that's, that's, Richter wow. is not up there. Um the it's either Gilbert, Leach, or Lunquist. I lean Lundquist because He, uh, the word generational gets thrown around a lot. Lundqvist Mm -hmm. is a true, was a true generational talent. And even when the Rangers were looking to, when the Rangers bought him out and he signed with Washington and then he wound up with a heart condition and not playing. the A lot of the blame went to Lundqvist because I think he had like a 9.06 save percentage. But if you looked at the advanced goaltending stats, he was still top five in the league. He is still really good, yeah. Yeah. And the biggest crime in hockey is Lundqvist winning one Vezina.
0: Yes, yes. Biggest crime in hockey.
1: 100%. And the second biggest crime is the way Glenn Sather, mostly Glenn Sather, and I feel bad. Actually, I don't feel bad saying this. Fuck him. Um,
2: Well, Messier. Was Messier? He was never long, but Messier.
1: (laughs) I got stories about Messier. I love (laughs) Messier, but I got stories about Messier. I'll um, say that for another
2: time. All right. I'm gonna let you yeah. guys go. It's getting late for me. I'm gonna say bye. If you guys want to stay on long, longer, Frank can take over from here. Dave, I really appreciate you having you on. I want to bring you on again. We're gonna do a round table later in the year, I think October 5th. The first I have a was, one-year-old,
1: so I gotta see how that goes. Oh, I know. Um, right, right. I definitely wanna this is great. I love I love yep, yep. shooting the shit for that yep, uh, hockey. We're doing I can a, do this all day.
2: Yeah, we're doing a preseason uh uh round table with a couple of people. I, like to get, if you could, I think we're talking about October 5th. The season starts October 7th overseas. Every other team starts playing the following week. I really want to do before any teams play. It's easier to get people. But once game night start, you know, me and Frank, everything's around. But we'll figure out. We'll, we'll definitely want you back. Um, Frank, if you, you want to stay on longer? Or we, we're gonna, you want to talk? Yeah, I was actually going to say, right. like, if you want to finish ahead.
0: what you were talking about, we'll finish yeah. it and we'll wrap I gotta up.
2: I got to go. I have 10 kids, so I really do have to go. Um Ten Well, kids? only seven left at home. Only seven le- left at home. We are nine days away from adopting our little one. He's three years old. We're also foster parents. So, and Frank will tell you wow. sometimes we're unprepared. So and I, I can't make it type Frank because at the last second something happens. So yeah, I, I stick Frank a lot. But I wanted to be on his own. Sure, so. <laughs> Frank, I appreciate you tonight. Dave, yep. I really appreciate you. Everybody follow Dave. He's great. And um, tomorrow. Oh, thank I'll you God. Thank you for yeah.
1: having me. I really yeah, appreciate absolutely. it. I love this.
2: Absolutely. And uh, tomorrow I'll put it up on audio. So then you can come like Spotify. I got like 10 different ones through Anchor. So. I'm out. You guys have a great night and I will talk to you later, Frank. I'll talk to you later. Yep. Thanks Dave. Nice you. Thanks Ron. All right. Bye.
0: Next one. So yeah, Dave, uh, just uh, what, what you were uh, talking about, finish up. Yeah.
1: So I'm biased. I played goalie growing up. I got to say, Lundqvist hey, is I'm the a best goalie Ranger. too. Yep. Uh, I, I, I actually mimicked my game after Richter. And mm. uh, it was just that, you know, I don't know how to call Richter's style. But it was the challenging the shooter, but still having the instincts to read the play yep. and make the split saves. You know the buray save in game five is still that one that yeah. sticks out in everybody's mind. Just that kind of style is how I played. Um, I love Richter, but he's nowhere near Lundqvist level. And when you ask any Ranger fan, it's Jobert, Leach, or Lundqvist. Those are the three. Messier mm-hmm. will get a couple of answers, but. And I love Mark Messier as a Ranger, but he was the architect behind the Sergei Zubov trade, going to the Penguins. He didn't he didn't want Zubov on the team because he smoked, apparently. That was the rumor. Um, he okay. especially now has this habit of inserting himself into certain situations. He wanted to be the Rangers coach for a while, and he would make it. Very well known. He wanted to be the Rangers coach. He went to Vancouver and there's a reason why Canucks fans hate him. Messier is one of the best Rangers acquisitions, but he is not one of the best of Rangers. He's not yeah. even on my Rangers Mount Rushmore.
0: Yeah. When I, when I look at like team Mount Rushmores and like best player of all time, I'm looking at guys who made their name on the team. Like mm-hmm. at guys who okay. You associate this player with this team. I don't associate Messier with the Rangers. I associate Messier with the Oilers. That's where he made his. Uh, that's where he yeah. made. That's where he made his career. That's where he got. That's where. That's how people know him. That's how you first view him. Obviously, you can also you can look at Messier in like t- in like two different ways because you can look at Messier on the Rangers for what he did, but then you look and then you also look at Messier in the Oilers. You kind of look at him as almost two separate people in that way. Yeah. But like. When you think of Dominic Hasek, you always think of what he did for the as a Sabres goalie, not really what he did in Detroit or what he did or in Chicago. Yeah, even Chicago, yeah, <laughs> you always look at okay. Whenever you think of Hasek, you think of the nine, the late '90s Sabres, exactly. Yep. you know, um, obviously like Gilbert Perot played his whole career in Buffalo, so he will always be associated with the Sabres. Um, but you always associate Rick Martin with the Sabres. You always associate Rene Robert with the Sabres, even though those two guys played on different teams later in their career. You always associate them with Buffalo. I even put my you can even put my Richter in that as you associate him with the Rangers because of what he did in '94. But yeah. then, but then Lundqvist is especially that. I mean, that's why he yeah, he's my number one for me, especially when you the game. To look at when you look changed
1: and, the game and, and Shostakin idolized him growing up, and now we went from yeah. Lundquist
0: to Shostakin. Yeah, I mean, look at that. Come on. it's amazing ranger fans
1: are we are so spoiled with our goaltending and we got another kid in the system dylan garand who Mm -hmm. was phenomenal i think he won goalie of the year in the whl he's 20 years old he's like a fourth round pick he is supposed to be another kid who's the real deal and you just i don't know what it is about the rangers that they're goalie whisperers they draft all these amazing goalies they wind up trading four three or four backups who turn into starters they get hauls for all of them but they can't draft it yeah, forward they, to save their they lives they brought
0: up <laughs> yeah they brought up uh anti Rant and cam Talbot
1: Talbot Ranta um and now yeah, I don't know what Georgiev two those are the three and then you look at yeah. the other backups Marty Biron was great until Hurdle deked them into retirement yeah <laughs> hey we that, love that was here. actually really funny uh, yeah I we, bad, we all we
0: we 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 all love in Buffalo. Love Marty. He's yeah. he's still around here. He does a show. He does a daily show uh, for talking about the hockey and the Sabers here every day. So and it he does us, he does he's on the Sabers broadcast team as well. He does pre and post game and maybe and occasionally we'll do well. We'll be on the broadcast as well. And he's, he's awesome. I love I love Marty. I love his personality. I love what he does.
1: Uh, Marty was a great Ranger for the year and three games that he was there. Um, and then Steve Alaket turned into a great mm-hmm. backup for the Rangers. Uh, um, Benoit Allaire is the Rangers goalie coach. He's yeah. just unreal with what the Rangers are able to do. And to go from Lunquist to Shesterkin, and then possibly Garand should Shesterkin, who has a bit of an injury issue, you know, fall off. A cliff. You never know. You never you know, know what happens
0: with goalies. They they're always a yeah. So, so voodoo. I mean, and uh, a has been there since 2004, man. Mm-hmm. So he's been working, you know, he's been working with prime for primarily his whole career with the Rangers. And yeah, I mean, their, their ability to not own, to just develop goalies is that it should, should be looked at. And it, cause you can't, you can draft a goalie, but you still use and it's, you work this way with the draft. This is how I look at the draft too. You know, every pick you make realistically outside of the top typically top 10 top 15 every pick after that all the second to seventh round as well it's a dart you're just throwing a dart you're just taking a guy who you think's got a high ceiling and you're hoping to get the most out of them and really the only way you can get the most out of them is your development team your develop all the coach all your development coaches all your all your scouts being able to just get the most get you know, put these kids in on the best path. And the Rangers have been doing that with their goalies for, you know, when they got Lundquist and they put him on that path. And then he comes to the NHL and he's a star right away. It's amazing what they were, yeah. what they've been able to do. And that, and really, I mean, that's all, that's what you want to draft. And that's has been a problem that the Sabres have had for years. And, you know, now we're kind of seeing the changes that they've made and you're starting to see it come into fruition, with Quinn and Paterka, and then, you get, you have power 2021, even Isaac Rosine, who was their other first round pick there, you know, he just, he's a kid that just needs to play more. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's barely played since he's been drafted and that's, that's not good for development. You got to get these guys, kids playing in that.
1: These kids in the last three, four drafts, they lost key years in how they're able to develop. I mean, Brennan Hoffman, for example, the Rangers first round pick in 21, Yep. he played in Switzerland and he played like 25 games and he looked like crap because he was a 17 year old playing in Switzerland in a professional league you know so and then this year he puts up what i think it was
0: 50 i'm looking at his 50 stats spent 50 goals. goals it was 50 goals and i think 95 97 points and 66 points. gates 66 games and then the playoffs 24 points in 19 yep. games i mean amazing and he can even play
1: in the nhl next year
0: Sorry, yeah. AHL. He can't play the AHL. Can't play next the AHL. Year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's
0: he he's gonna go the Mitch Marner route. He's gonna yeah. go
1: back to the OHL and absolutely crush it. Yep. And then he'll be on the Rangers next year.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with I'm with you there. He's a very interesting prospect to watch for. I mean, Jack Quinn was the same way. I mean, his draft I mean, well, his draft year, he scored fifty goals and mm-hmm. when and then and the Sabres took him uh I think it was eighth or seventh overall, something like that. But like it's all it's always about how you develop these kids. And with and the Rangers doing that with their goalies, going from Blanquist to Cheshirkin, and then who know and then really who knows with going from Cheshirkin to who. But then again, like you may, if Sheshirkin stays healthy and he continues to put up, you know, these kind of numbers, I and mean, even a little less, even if even if he's averages around like nine twenty throughout his career, I mean, he's gonna have a lunquist career. He's gonna be there for fifteen years and be there. Be there so well. Maybe not fifty years. Maybe at least another ten years at that point because he's twenty six right now. But you yeah. s- you see that you see, and who knows who's gonna who's the, who he's gonna pass the torch along to. You really never know. But when you're able to develop these guys, you're able to have a stalwart and net like the Rangers have had with quits and now what they have with Shcherbina. I mean that goes a long way for your team. Now Colorado still get in the playoffs. Yeah, it just allows you to get in. And then who knows after that? You never know. You really don't. I mean, Colorado showed that you can win the cup with average goaltending. Kuiper was can. really good in the you regular can. season, but in the playoffs, he wasn't that great. He wasn't the reason they won. He did make the saves that you had to make, and that's really all you can ask for out of your goalie.
1: Yep. So I like the way Colorado does things, Yeah. and that's another reason why the Rangers are a tale of two teams. Shesterkin's contract ends right as – Truba ends right as um I think Panarin ends twenty twenty five. Yep. I think they all they all have two or three Truba, seasons left. Truba is uh twenty twenty six, uh so is
0: Panarin. But the
1: no move for Truba comes off the books I'm checking cap friendly
0: now. I am looking at it right now, yeah. uh twenty twenty four.
1: Yep. So that's when I think Troop has gone after the twenty three twenty four season. His no Fair move enough. is eight million dollar contract. Get that. Yeah, off the and the
0: salary and the and the real dollars is a lot easier too because yep. his his contract is front loaded.
1: And then you look at Goodrow uh, right after the 24-25 season, where he makes five million. That cap number drops just under four. Yep. You look at Panera. The, the numbers drop significantly. For yeah. Panarin. The right now I've,
0: no, I've noticed that the Rangers front load their contracts typically and and
1: they also put a lot of it in signing bonuses because they know that last signing bonus gets paid and those last two years look at the trocheck contract yep he gets a three million dollar signing bonus on july 1st 2026
0: and then three seasons of what does he say it's uh two seasons uh 2027 he has a up until 2027 yeah, it's a $3 million signing bonus. Right. And then the then in 2028, 1.5 and then the last year of his contract is a million. But once you pay the bonus, it's $3 million less
1: that a team has yep. to pay like Ottawa or Nashville or anything like that, but it also is no move is only for 3 seasons. That's a contract they don't expect yep. to finish. And that's why the Rangers, you know, we're all all going full circle here. We're talking about if the Rangers can do it again. They have to do it again over the yep. next two years, or yep. else we're looking at four or five more years before Lafreniere and Kako take over. Mm-hmm. If if they, they can over, step up, yeah. That's a big if. Yep. I mean, we'll enough, know after
0: this year. Yeah, really, you'll know. You'll probably know as the season's going along you might even know this by by next january for all we yep. you know who knows really i well, like to wait
1: until thanksgiving to make a true prediction yeah. um, evaluation of the team yep. by thanksgiving we'll know what they what they're capable
0: of thanks i think so i i agree with that well dave this is awesome uh you're great to talk to we'll definitely have you on again hopefully you know if we do that round table in october we can have you on for that um Plug, plug plug your plug your stuff plug everything so the people can know uh, where you're know where to find you well first thank you guys I love doing this you know you guys are fantastic I
1: love being on um, again Dave Shapiro blue seat at blue seek blogs and we also have a podcast at blue seats live uh, that is run by two of the one of my best friends and her husband I join them as often as I can uh, we also just You know, love shooting the shit about hockey Mm -hmm. and what sets us and what I and no offense to any other Rangers writer, blogger, podcasters listening to this. Sorry, I don't don't take this the (laughs) wrong way. We like to stay optimistic about the Rangers and we like to look a couple of years in. That's where the tale of the two teams comes from. That's where the contracts are meant to be traded comes from. I like to think we're unique with that. And if you guys are looking for a an optimistic spin on a lot of things, come to us. But we're also not afraid to call a spade a spade. Pavel Nevis trade it was a bullshit trade. Mm-hmm. Chris Drury was awful in his first eh, five months, but he's earned the benefit of the doubt. You know, if you guys ever want to talk Rangers, let me know. Um, if I don't answer you on Twitter, I apologize. I had to mute a lot of mentions because my mentions are a
0: tire fire shoot me an email and I'll, I always respond to emails. So. I've seen some of the mentions you were talking about, especially when it comes to non-hockey stuff, but yeah, it, it's quite, yeah. All, it's quite all right. Obviously, you know, we can always do that. Hey, if you ever want to talk, say talk Sabres, and you need someone to talk savers, but uh, you know, definitely you know, going to give you guys. Yeah, well, yeah definitely. absolutely. You no, know, I'm all, I, I'm, I love just talking hockey in general. It doesn't have to just be serious. It'd be any team. I love just looking at teams and looking at what they're building and everything. I mean, yep. it's so, it's so much fun just to talk hockey. I, that's why I love the sport so much. That's why it's my number one sport. Absolutely, same here. And it's been a blast with you yeah. guys. I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. Thank you for tuning into the show, Dave. Thanks again. You are awesome. We'll definitely have you on uh, next next week. We'll uh, actually, well, it's basically summer now, so we're kind of in that lull period. So we might not do shows every week. We will probably try and do them once in a while and then once football season gets going too we'll not only be talking about series we'll be talking some bills and we're, we're all so excited to see what the bills are going to be like this year i'm a jet fan hey i mean they got it there there's hope for them as well <laughs> no there isn't <laughs> but, come on i thought you were optimistic not with football no. okay fine <laughs> come
1: on man when you're a jets fan you've been beaten to the ground too much
0: I know that from being a bills fan and having to deal with the, we, we both have to deal with the Patriots first, you know, 20 years in the division and stupid Tom Brady. Yeah. Well now, now they're dead. So it's okay. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. All right, Dave, you have a great, you have a great night. Hopefully we'll do show next week. Maybe we'll do a show the week after that, but we'll got football coming up soon too in August. So we'll, we'll see you there. Everybody have a great night.